The Southern African Alcohol Policy Alliance in South Africa is talking about the difficult decision that government has had to make in moving to level two under the state of disaster, right? Uh, They say they note the decision by government to lift the suspension on the sale and consumption of alcohol to relieve the economic strain in the country. And we know this is a strain that has been felt by a number of businesses, large and small. Uh, The liquor outlets are the most obvious ones, but there are lots of others like restaurants and other tourism facilities that have been affected. But there were about certain what they're calling the vagueness of the conditions surrounding the lifting of the alcohol outlets. So we thought we'd have a conversation with them to find out exactly what's on their mind. Director of the Southern African Alcohol Policy Alliance, Maurice Smithers, joins us now. Uh, Maurice, good afternoon and thank you very much for your time on Afternoon Drive this evening. Tell me tell me what you're concerned about in, in terms of what you refer to as the vagueness of these conditions surrounding the lifting of the alcohol ban. Hello, Joan. Thanks. Uh, nice to talk to you again. Um, Jan, I think the point uh, that we're concerned about is that there are only three or four remaining restrictions, in fact, on uh, the consumption of alcohol. The one is the, the, the restricting of consumption to Mondays to Thursdays, uh, 9 to 5, which is a good idea. Uh, the on-consumption is restricted to 10 o'clock at night, which is also an excellent idea, but it is seven days a week including the weekend, which is actually the time that we know that the greatest uh, alcohol-related harm actually occurs and the greatest pressure is put on to hospitals, the trauma units of hospitals and so on. The third one is the banning of... is, is the, the uh, Nightclubs having to remain closed, which is a good idea because nightclubs are obviously... In the, in the nature of nightclubs, there's going to be a lot of um, close interaction between people. And the fourth one is... Um, is limiting the numbers of people in on-consumption outlets to 50 people. But otherwise, there are no other real restrictions. Um, and we fail to understand how that is going to prevent a spike uh, in alcohol-related re- harm, which we actually saw on the 1st of June uh, when the first ban was lifted. We saw that on the 1st of June, even though the only thing that was opened was uh, was off-consumption sales from Monday to Thursday. So our concern is that the same thing's going to happen in South Africa that has happened in other countries where uh, there's been a spike, a new spike in infections, partly as a result of alcohol. In fact, in America, interestingly, Dr. Fauci, who is the, the, the medical officer leading the, the campaign against the pandemic, said recently that, you know, we have a choice. We either open schools or we open bars, and we choose to open schools. So, so that's our big concern. Our big concern is that we're going to see another spike in alcohol-related harm, and when that happens, government's going to then be forced to reconsider whether it needs to shut places down again. I don't think they'll necessarily go for a full ban again, but they may then shut down on consumption again, and that's just going to cause more tension and more economic damage. So we need restrictions now that will actually prevent that kind of harm from, from happening. What further restrictions do you have in mind, Maurice? Well, for example, we think that perhaps uh, allowing on-consumption open for seven days a week is a problem. Um, we also think that, uh, that governments should actually restrict the blood alcohol content level of drivers to reduce car crashes. That's already actually in the, the, the road traffic amendment bill, which is sitting before Parliament. So there's no reason not to actually pursue that right away. 
And that's something that even the liquor industry has said should happen. We think limit container sizes, particularly the container sizes of beer. You know, when you open a bottle of beer, uh, whether it's a, a one liter or a 750 milliliter or a 500 or a 330, you, you, you can't close the beer again and drink it later. You've got to drink the whole thing. So we, we are actually suggesting limit uh, the sizes of bottles, particularly of beer, t- uh, to 500 mils so that it discourages excessive drinking by people. Uh, ban all advertising except at point of sale because why would you want at this time uh, any advertising to be encouraging people to actually drink? Uh, disallowing promotions, offering reduced prices on bulk quantities, because that once again encourages people to drink excessively. Uh, Raising the drinking age, that's already also in the Liquor Amendment Bill, which is supposed to be before Parliament, uh, approved by Cabinet in 2016, Uh, and then making a presentation of an ID a requirement by anybody who is buying alcohol, both to reduce underage drinking, but also to limit the quantities that people can buy. Uh, there's no reason why there shouldn't be some kind of limitation. And in fact, again, the liquor industry suggested that. Um, and then requiring the liquor industry itself to implement an alcohol product tracking system from point of production to point of sale, because that will help to stop sales of alcohol to unlicensed outlets. There are other ones you can do as well. But what's interesting for us is that the liquor industry was themselves promoting some of these solutions before in June, when uh, they were wanting the ban to be lifted, but they're very quiet about it now. And you talked earlier on about what the the, the Beer Association is offering. They're not really offering anything substantial. Um, There are some things that they're saying they will try and get their traders to do, but there's nothing there that's going to really have a major impact on, uh, on, 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 on the levels of drinking and the levels of alcohol harm. So that, that's really what our concern is, and, and we really would like to see uh, some, some of these restrictions introduced. And also, for us as a society and for government, to consider what are we going to do post-COVID? Because one of the most important things that has happened now is that COVID has shown South Africa, everybody in South Africa, that we have a drinking problem. And so are we going to go into the post-COVID environment and just carry on as normal? Or are we going to do something to change the situation so that we actually have an alcohol-safe South Africa going into the future? I'm interested in one more of your suggestions, Maurice, and maybe you can just expand on this for me, please. You talk about better surveillance and you say making alcohol-related trauma a notifiable condition of trauma units uh, could actually yeah. be a, a better tool in addressing this. Absolutely. I know that would be very important. I, I think that one of the problems that we've had, that everybody has had uh, around the COVID period, is that it's been difficult to gather evidence um, about uh, exactly what the impact was of the of the restrictions on alcohol, particularly during the the first two months uh, when there was both a ban on alcohol, but as well uh, a major lockdown in the country. So it was very easy for, for example, the liquor industry to say, but the reason why uh, there were you know there were less trauma cases was because of the lockdown, not because of alcohol. Um, but I think it's also important from, from the point of view of government because if government uh, gets proper figures from every single hospital 
Uh, I think there's something like 430 public hospitals in the country. If government were to get proper, uh, reliable figures from every single um, uh, uh, hospital in the country on how many of the trauma cases, whether they're car crashes or assaults or stabbings or shotgun wounds or or rapes or whatever they are, um, to find out how many of them were related to alcohol. It then makes it possible for government to make some rational decisions about how to actually proceed with alcohol legislation in the future. Thank you so much for speaking to me this afternoon, Murray Smithers. He is the director of the Southern African Alcohol Policy Alliance.